0: You ready to go? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Richard Mellon,
1: and I'm Sandy, and we are with our uh, this year's guests to the trap line, Carmela and Dan, and uh, they they come from in the area of central western Alberta. So um, they bought this trip from the Wild Sheep Foundation banquet auction.
0: In Alberta, the Alberta Foundation. The Alberta.
1: Yeah. Yes, and that was in March and then we just started planning after that so tell us what prompted you to throw your hand in the air and bid on this trip
2: <laughs> first of all we were invited to the uh, banquet and that was a great honor to be there and to meet you folks and and then to be honest you guys are our idols and we've looked up to you for years <laughs> and the fact that you that were sounds at like the a banquet, planted <laughs> comment <It was>, no. <laughs> no not at all i
1: mean
0: we didn't pay for any endorsement here <laughs>
2: Seeing you guys at the banquet, first and foremost, was very uh, exciting. And then when we saw that you guys had put a trip onto the auction, I knew right away I was going to bid as high as I could to come here and learn from you. Oh, so, awesome.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. I was
2: really concerned about what was going on, but I I wanted to win. I was <laughs> Got determined. two good
3: trips out of the deal, so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the things that's
1: uh, really good about that banquet is that there's some awesome prizes that well i'm a,
0: I'm a director on the uh, on the board uh board of directors for wild sheep and i also edit the magazine so we just uh we were kind of scrambling last year it was that it was the first banquet right after covet so the first in all of alberta probably the first in canada and we were scrambling to try and find donations and all, all that kind of stuff so we thought i said sandy says well. it's Let's throw in, in a donation and uh, throw we'll see in a, what happens. See what happens. And, <laughs> and I mean, we're always, it's with great trepidation whenever we bring people out here because this is our place. This is this is our very special place. And it's where we go to hide from the world. And, you know, some people cry in the shower. We cry out here on the trap line. And, and then we're all better when <laughs> we come no back. There's no crying <laughs> in traffic. There's no crying in traffic, right? <laughs> so we're always, it's always with great trepidation, but, you know, who's coming this time kind of thing. And we have, um, It's been awesome with you folks. This has been, you've been absolutely wonderful and and, uh, you have set the bar high for the next.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, it's all, and then it's about wanting to make the experience for you guys as good as it can be. And unfortunately the weather wasn't really cooperative. You guys did amazing though. Just buckled up and suited up and away you went.
0: Well, it was kind of like traveling with you, though. I started losing clothing. She had my wolf mitts on. And... <laughs> yep. Yep. That's just how it goes. We go to Africa one time. First time we go to Africa to go hunting, and, and uh, she goes there without a jacket. I had a I, jacket.
1: I was sure that, I, well, that he didn't
0: have a jacket. Then I hunted <laughs> Africa without a jacket. <laughs> 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 so... What motivated you? Do are you are you fascinated with trapping? Are you interested? Uh, first, I think it's interesting. Tell us your background. Where are you from? Yeah, I'll
3: start off um, from originally from Northwestern Ontario. Um, yeah, I grew up there for the majority of my childhood. I had a buddy whose uncle brought us out to the trap line a couple of times and got a little bit of exposure there. Um, Me, I'm not a trapper myself, just like fishing and hunting, but always wanted to learn a little bit more and take any opportunity I can get. So cool. that's a little bit about me.
2: I'm originally from Toronto, Mississauga area, so general Toronto area, also from Ontario and moved out west looking for a job. And I really wanted to meet folks like yourself and Daniel to teach me how to fish, hunt, trap. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of life and uh, I think it's very important to know the skills. So thank you so much for sharing oh we oh. are not, <laughs> nothing <laughs> but sharers <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of well you you get immersed
1: into it it's kind of like a a, a full meal deal education when you come out here because there's no you can't get away from it we're in the middle of nowhere you could get back to your vehicle not saying that you're trapped here or anything but it okay. but you are like we're here and this is just Life. Well, so it's, today it's
0: thirty-two below zero, and yeah. they get back to the vehicle. If it starts, they'll just shoop, dust over the horizon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do we gotta uh, get out of here, do we? <laughs> so we
1: had lots of snow here when we yep. got here, which was good because the sleds run better with more snow on it. But everything was cold, so then it's lighting fires and keeping fires going and making sure there's water on for washing and dishes and.
0: Well, everything is. You're you're in it here. There's it's yeah. and, and it's like. It's like life, really, in a way, because, I mean, uh, the luckiest trappers are the hardest working trappers. Yeah. And I think you realized, you know, we, we made, we didn't make, didn't get all of all of it in, but we did over 200 kilometers. A kilometers. Yeah. And the, there was a lot of work involved in just even keeping those trails open, you know, let alone all the stuff there is to check. And it wasn't as good a check as I was hoping for, especially not the first check on links. We should have got four or five and we got one.
1: But you yeah. got one, so got one. at least there's that,
0: right? Well, we were sitting here, we were, we were telling stories uh, on uh, the first night, and Carmela says, don't, you know, I'm asking a lot of questions, don't be bothered, I said, I'm not. And so then we get talking about, about lynx and that, and I said, well, you know, or you brought up that they're cannibalistic and they very often eat one another. And I'm not sure whether she believed this or not, but, of course, the lynx we got was is half eaten yeah. by another lynx. And when we drove up, of course, everything's covered in snow and, and I could see what I was sure. I mean, the snare was down yeah. and the pole was back. And, okay, so, so I've got something, I think. And uh, the I could see what looked like a paw. I pointed it out to you. You could see it was sticking up. And I was like, but there were, then, then, then there was all this moss and everything over it. And, of course, you can see that kind of through the snow. There's six inches of snow on it. I, like, I think it's been eight. So we pulled it apart. And sure enough, yeah, it, it had been eight. What did you think?
2: I believed what you had said. That yeah. They were cannibalistic. Like yeah. it just blew my mind. But I mean, you do what you got have to to survive. So if that's what they needed to do, yeah, it's just. Well, but no. for them,
0: it's not a conscious choice. They're not sentient beings. So I mean, that exactly. is just that is just instinct. That's meat. Yeah. It, and I think it's uh, an old female. So it was probably one of her kittens that ate her. And it's just it's just meat at, at that at that point. That, that, too much Disneyfication in today's world, and everybody thinks they hold hand and sing "Kumbaya" and all that stuff. No, no, they don't. And, and I've I've told everybody many many times that if you have a cat and you feel a heart attack coming on, throw the cat out the door before you take your your uh, aspirin and and phone nine one one because if you don't, you're tomorrow's fancy feast. You know.
2: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Happy thoughts, honey. Yeah. Happy thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was new? Learning about these animals and how and what they do to survive and where they travel like i think that was really important to us yeah. yeah especially with our jobs we're just learning about the environment and
1: yeah so you guys both work in the oil field on the environmental side correct so have, that's have... that's when you see kind of mostly pristine area out yeah. there i mean we do have a lot of oil field activity out here um but things have changed certainly over the nine years that we've owned our our yeah. line.
0: How does that fly back home like Ontario doesn't look upon the oil patch in you know, Alberta quite so favorably? I, some, people don't. Some, some, some people
2: do Some people Education is the most important. I think yeah. sharing our stories and showing the pictures and, and yeah. just telling people what really is happening rather than what they're hearing on mainstream media.
0: Well, Can I you mean, you guys news? work in a very important area, which is making sure that pipelines are built properly and that they that, that there's not going to be any problems or faults or failures in them and that's such a big thing cuz everybody talks about how bad and evil pipelines are yet you can tell them how how the, the incredible lengths that go to, to to ensure things and you know boring underneath the rivers and, and and that kind of stuff i mean it's it's two very vastly different stories isn't it
3: yeah yeah it can be painted two different ways but uh... Yeah, a lot of those people from Toronto don't really appreciate oil and gas until their power goes out or the heat shut off. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that's when it really yeah. hits home, I think, for them. Yeah. Well,
0: I always, I always look at it like when I go there to the place that's criticizing us. We we had we went to Palm Springs this fall to, to a friend's wedding, and I wandered around. And Palm Springs would not exist if it were not for fossil fuels, and it's just because they would they would have no water there. there. The the desert would be just a gravel desert. There's nothing nothing grows there without a vast amount of water and, and I mean half the year it's 120 degrees Fahrenheit well you can't live without without air conditioning you know it's, so when I, I've been to Toronto and walked through downtown you know front street and and uh, the walls are glass they're not even double glass they're, they're, they're big heavy you know uh, tempered propane. glass but there's no insulative factor there like and these people are going to lecture me about about my lifestyle <laughs> yeah.
2: Well,
1: and, you know I mean out here we have um, propane to run the stove but electricity is provided by a generator and then heat is is wood so it it takes some effort to make sure that this all runs in the time when we need it to run right Mm -hmm. so
0: i think they found they 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 got the the crash course in in how to keep a cabin warm yep Yeah. regulating Yeah. yeah
1: yeah but you guys aren't strangers to cold weather i mean you work in this all the time it's just that you generally go to a camp or home or something that, you know, you're not having to stoke a fire in the middle of the night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you're not having having a problem with it. That has a very large heater over there. Yeah,
1: and... And, and pretty small footprint. But so the first day you guys went out, left here, I think it was about minus 22 when we got here and I don't think it warmed up. Nope. 22 or 23, something like that. And hmm. didn't warm up all day, but it was a fairly... Very, I want to say short, but it wasn't really how how many. Well, it kilometers? would have been if
0: if we'd have done everything I wanted to, it would have been 54, 55 kilometers. But I think we were more in that forty kilometer range because yeah. I clipped some off. We were we were running out of daylight and uh, yeah, and they were cold. They weren't they weren't quite as They were much more dressed up yet for yesterday. But yeah,
1: but yesterday was going to be a longer day. Yeah, and it was, a, it was colder yesterday
0: too. Yeah, a little too eager to get out there the first day. Yeah. well, I understand that and and. I mean, it's a whole different thing. This is what I try and express to people. It's the mundane things, like if you're cold on a job site, you go warm up somewhere, or you get in your vehicle or whatever. Out here, there's no place to do that. Unless you stop
1: and build a fire, which we did did yesterday. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you. I mean, because I always like to see my world through other people's eyes. What was your biggest surprise?
3: just the amount of ground we covered myself I didn't think we were going to cover nearly that much ground and we did and, and fairly cold temperatures so that was a big surprise for me and yeah learned a lot
2: yeah we, we jammed a lot into the three days that we've been here and I, I almost want to write a book about everything I've learned like this <laughs> journal because there was just so much information there is fantastic. a lot
1: that comes at you because yeah. when, when you you have no idea what to expect even as you turn that last corner just to come in to where the cabins are sitting you know it to see it through somebody else's eyes just like we yeah. saw it the first time that we came here it's it's often a, a bit of an overload and then you go out on the trails and you really have no um no homing instinct like you're not really sure where you're at right
0: well at one point she said well um so, when are we going to turn and go back south again? I says, well, we're going east and we're going to turn north. I was <laughs> you know? yeah. trying
1: to get my bearings. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's hard. No, I, it's... I still find it's difficult out here because the sun rises over there. And that, to me, the way the cabin is sitting, like that should be south. But it's not.
0: <laughs> no. The only, the biggest survival tip I can give you about in the north is that at this time of the year, um, when this at noon, the sun is directly south of you. You know, and, and everybody thinks that it rises in the east. Well, no, it rises over in the southeast and it yeah. sets in the southwest. And at, at noon, it's it's directly south. Yeah. It's it, it, that, that simple because we're so far north, right?
1: And we're only just a couple of days from shortest day of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll so be... it's
1: dim. Like, it was dark when you guys got back both nights. And it's, it's, Well, I think <laughs> the first night was like around 6 or 6.30 that you guys got back.
0: Food was good. Cool we made made some some of your wonderful uh, uh apple uh crisp apple oh. crisp uh, from <laughs> and, and it's funny because we're, we 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 you never realize just how much stuff that you do from your own backyard or or mm-hmm. from other places. But you know, all the jams and jellies are all from stuff we've picked ourselves and made, and and the uh, the honeys from our bees. You know, the yeah. girls working hard for the patriarchy. <laughs> Eggs
2: are from your chickens, like those are yeah. delicious for breakfast. Yeah,
0: and, and uh, you know we vegetables we, from the garden. Yeah, the yeah. the apples in the apple crisp came from our daughter's crab apples. We had the grandkids. Them, yeah. And all she that had kind. The pick. yeah, 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 for grandma, and they're they were so happy to do it. Yeah. I was so neat though because we had so much fresh snow. Um, it makes you know, if everything gets filled up, you get you, snow swirls around you on the machine and all that, but the tracks that you can see. You know when you showed you we didn't get very far away and we ran into our first otter track Mm. and of course he's jumped jumped up and then he'd go and slide well a couple spots he slid underneath the snow for for six eight feet right and he popped back up again and you know, just look at it and they they always seem like they're having so much fun yeah and yet an otter is the most ruthless predator out here yeah like they have more fat on them they are just they're just very successful yeah they probably are in that neighborhood of 15 or 20% fat. And for a predator to have that much fat on it, they're really good at what they do.
3: Yeah.
0: You know? But we we get get to see that. I explained to them, about how uh, we saw a couple places where mink did the same thing. They would they would go under the snow on the out mm-hmm. on the lake, you know, and be trying along under the snow and, and then pop back up again. I was supposed to tell you about subnivium clim- climate, oh, wasn't that's I? Right. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, gee, as you, as a snowmobiler, you know, when you go out later in the year, there's a fair amount of snow, but the snow is we always call it sugary. It's granular. Yeah. Well, that's from uh, sublimation. Okay. Now, sublimation is is a uh, a term that means when something goes directly from a solid to a gas without being liquid in between or the other way okay so that's when something sublimates so what happens is that the ground you know when we're we're setting those um, uh, links pens we just ram those sticks in it's not frozen you'd think it would be frozen hard if you get into up down into a a swamp or whatever where there's actually water there then there'll be ice but the ground itself is usually stays at about zero degrees celsius Okay, so underneath all that snow, so what happens is that zero degrees Celsius, it ends up being such a difference in temperature from up in the snow column that 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 snow on the bottom goes straight from a solid snow into a gas, and it rises up in the snow until it hits the temperature where it can no longer be a, be a gas, and it goes straight to straight back to a solid, and it develops those crystals. That's where it, why it gets that that crystally, that crystallized. Um, we call it sugary snow or whatever. Mm. But what happens there now is you've created a void underneath the snow. Because all of that snow that has, has sublimated, has melted and, and went up, and the, the, all underneath there is, is now suspended. There's, there's gaps under there. You know, sometimes when you're out in the, in the deep snow and, and you, you're moving with a machine or you're walking in and everything goes plump, you ever wonder what that was? Well, you just, that's, that's that snow all settling back yep. down to the ground. But uh, things like Martin Use can that. live under there. Yeah. They 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 live under there. Martin is actually one of the few animals that a uh, few fur bearers that can freeze to death. He doesn't have enough body fat. They have very very little body fat, and uh, when it starts to get about twenty, uh, minus twenty is when they they start wanting to get underneath the snow. And they uh, they, they they are hoarders, so they will take um, if they get a hold of a piece of meat or a or catch a, a grouse or the, or the gut pile off a grouse from a lynx or whatever, they will hoard that. They'll take in, and if they don't need it that day, they, they they take and hide it, they bury it, and then when it's cold, they go back to it, and they, that's the what, what they live Nature on.
1: Nature just preparing. It's kind of like us when we put all of our wood in the shed every summer. I got to tell you, you're you're a good squirrel. It's prepared. Yeah, <laughs> it's <just>
0: prepared. <laughs> so that was that was your your, your biggest surprise. Uh, I would have thought that uh, you you maybe be surprised at the amount of development around, and and we could still trap. That as well. That, that was pretty.
2: Yeah, driving in here, you guys were saying that that was the most amount of vehicles you've seen in a long time. Yeah. So you would think that that would affect the wildlife. So I, you it, would think that. Well, it does. It,
0: it does certain animals. It doesn't affect the canines. Like uh, fox, coyote, and wolves. Don't bother them. The, the roads, they'll, they'll use the roads to their advantage. They'll travel along. Hunting. Um, mm-hmm. If you're it's ever looking way down the road and you see an animal out there and it sits on his bum on so his bum looks like that, I guarantee you are looking at a cat. Because a canine will never sit down like that, uh, mm. not on the road, but a, a cat will all the time. They just sit there on their bum and look around. It's, like, it's the funniest thing. You you have to watch a lot of animals before you realize that very, very seldom will, will a dog sit like that, or a canine, but but the, the cats do all the time. Other things, uh, the roads and that are, are quite a barrier too. Uh, things like the Martin. You know, once that road hits, hits that 30-meter width, so the road and, or any and, space and really yeah it can be it can be a power line it can be a pipeline it can be anything where yeah. where they have no cover because they you know the hierarchy is the smaller you are the more things eat you okay so you know a, a weasel eats a squirrel eats a mouse all that kind of stuff but a martin will eat a, will eat a weasel and, and a squirrel and a mouse whatever a fisher will eat a martin a, a weasel a squirrel a mouse and away it goes so then you get the, all the birds the owls and uh, and hawks and that so it gets to be even though that Martin and, and that move a lot at night, they can't ever, there's never a safe time to cross an area that, that's that big. When it's 30, 30 meters wide, they just don't cross it. They, you'll lots of times see them move along alongside it, just on the edge of the, of the bush and that, but not go right across it. You'll never see a Martin cross the, cross the lake. I will see fish across the lake. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fisher will come across the lake, links will, all the time, but they're higher up the food chain, right? Uh, for Martin, owls are a big deal, especially yeah. at night. Uh, owl is a silent killer (laughs) so they
1: are silent they it's amazing how quiet they are
0: sometimes you have uh it's not you know like the oil companies want to talk about just like you know they're going to take two acres for here for a you know a burrow pit or whatever and they're going to say well how many animals have you ever caught there well i may never caught any there but That's I mean, you, you add up having this cumulative effect, right? Until, you know, 10, 15% of your trap line is gone and we have 92,000 acres here mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm betting 10% of it's used up in roads and, and, yeah. and, uh, leases and all, all that kind of stuff. But you also have this, it's like drifting snow. You put up a snow fence, and but that, and 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 it causes that drift for quite a ways, right? It it has that effect, you know. So it's not just the fence itself, but it's this it's this drift effect. We have the same effect uh, on roads and, and developments for for certain animals, you know. There you have the I, I showed you that one trap, you know that first first one down in the southwest that was yeah. Fisher, yeah. That when was, was Fisher all the time, Fisher, 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 yeah. then they came in and they cleared an extra thirty meters. To, it's almost on the edge of the bush now. It was. It was about, it was probably eighty or ninety meters between it and, and the road, and it was thick bush. But then they cleared yeah. it out to put in a power line alongside the road, and now we've never caught nothing since then. Yeah. So that you know, did I ever catch anything right where they cleared? Nope. But I sure used to catch a lot there. And now and now that that shadow, that that, it's that disturbance, that yeah, that 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 effect there, it it, it has a ha, ha, plays a big role and. Yeah. We get down into the south and and you know that road that we traveled on well it, it it covers a huge amount of like there's 42 kilometers of it on our trap line we get down south we first uh, started trapping we stopped at that bridge and I, I texted sandy that everything was good nobody was dead nobody's yeah. <laughs> <She was, she laughs> bringing them back yeah.
1: <laughs> nobody's riding in the sleigh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carmela almost got well she was lumped <laughs> in with a frozen martin yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she was oh if we get too cold as well i'll just throw you in the back with the martin there <laughs> 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 she, she wasn't so happy about that that comment <laughs> 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 she wasn't sure i wasn't serious that's the problem i guess yeah. <laughs> but that road there is probably a mile and a half off of my uh southern boundary and the the southern boundary of course is just a, a line on the map it means nothing to the animals because they there's no other roads for quite a ways. we have a lot of martin in there but not north of the not north of the uh that road you you have to get over into that the the southeast corner there where that road is no influence and then the martin are there and then the martin have, have filtered through but like, it's it's so funny because i can have a a trap in the ditch here on the south side, and a trap in the ditch in the north, and and this one will catch a couple two three martin a year. This will catch nothing. They just they do not cross that that big wide opening. And you don't see them. I mean, really. I mean, other than deer tracks, when when we traveled any of the roads night yesterday, what what did you see on it? You know.
3: See so you no know, animals. We were just looking for tracks in that fresh snow and
1: yeah.
0: see
3: what stories were were there for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Lynx were starting to move yesterday. I was disappointed that we only got one, but.
1: I imagine when we come back out after Christmas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what what do you want to tell everybody about about doing this, about trapping and and coming out and doing this kind of thing?
2: That's a very loaded question, but I think (laughs) it's easily answered that it's a way of life and um, it's passed down from our ancestors. So it's great that you guys are upholding that tradition and, Teaching folks on your program, on your podcasts, and mm-hmm. and we really appreciate that you shared your knowledge so that you know potentially we can pass it down to our friends and family members.
1: Yeah, I it's think part that, of our heritage. I you're absolutely right, and that's one of the things I think that um, as trappers, you just you're, you're you're immersed in in this, so you're not really thinking about the heritage of it. And thankfully, we've got a lot of people around us in this community that we well we didn't. Put it together but a lot of people come to our facebook page or whatever and there's some commonality there right so everybody learns from each other but it's how this country was founded by trappers and voyageurs. It came this way and learned from the uh, indigenous people and but that's how they how they lived how they how they found their way Oh,
0: it's fascinating when you go back and look at the history of trapping it started yeah. as snares snares yeah. made from bark yeah. Uh, you know. They, no and, way. And, yes. Yeah. Bark. Fi- oh, Fibers. Bark in it, and they made it. Made a snare. That's how it, how it all started. Uh, all we ever ask for, all I, I like, is an open mind. Yeah. And I mean, if we could sit down and have a discussion about trapping, you may not agree with me in the end, but at least you've seen my my point of view, and I've seen your point of view. Absolutely. Uh, it's the people with the closed minds. Thankfully, there's, you know, ten percent of the population is fanatically trapping. Ten percent is fanatically against trapping, and it's the other eighty percent that's important, right? But I, I actually, I have to say that having young folks like you out—I can say young. Yes, you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having you out and and you having an interest in it, I, it actually, you know, warms my heart because I, in today's world, it, it, things have got so crazy. You, you feel like like this stuff is getting lost, especially on the young. You know? Exactly.
2: Yeah, I think that's. Well, we can share with, you know, our families of how important this is, and yep. the, even the survival skills, because people don't realize, you know, you might not have everything that you have right now with the comfort yeah at home, so Daniel always says, prepare for the end of the world, right? Like, always yep. have oh, those yeah. skills, yeah. so I'm glad that you guys shared them, he's shared them with me over the years, and... I feel like I could survive if anything were to happen. So. The end of the world a little far-fetched. Well, no. <laughs> maybe I mean, a what? weekend or a week. <laughs> well, but it's...
1: It but was it, cold. It, yeah. Yeah. it is being about being aware of your surroundings, right? And even though you didn't know exactly where you were, you did know that there was roads around, that you could get to some place if you needed to be someplace. But we talked about you know, what happens if there's a major accident out here. If, you know, and and stuff has happened. He's fallen through the ice. He, well, he fell through with one leg the first day you guys were out. But it it's not losing your mind. It's being able to just, okay, this situation. happened, and now we have to think our way through it. And that's living in the bush yep. is all about that. Well, living really is about that, because you can throw your hands up in the air and go, ah, or you can figure your way out of it.
0: I think that's the biggest the biggest uh point to make about being out here Mm -hmm. is there's no time for drama
1: no well when stuff
0: goes sideways you gotta figure it out you gotta figure it out and be on it there's no time for screaming and running around or you're
3: you're dealing with real problems out here not the problems in town exactly exactly. (laughs) or you can call an uber or
0: yeah call your mom or something yeah yeah they 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 only put one espresso shot in my in my coffee you know (laughs)
2: female i think learning these types of skills has given me confidence because i find that the world tends to push me down sometimes and you know you lose yourself and you, you never you think can. you're good enough and then so seeing that you guys do this as a couple i know that dan and i can conquer anything right like yeah that's something yeah. huge that i learned this weekend oh that's awesome oh,
0: and and i mean it's <laughs> this goes back to you know when when uh, i was a professional fisherman and and uh and so you have a big boat you know had the ranger boat and all that stuff and it's got to get in the water well you watch people who you know the guy takes and ties off ties the rope off on the on the uh caspin on his on his trailer and he goes in the water he runs out and boats it over and the wife sits there and i don't know whether she doesn't want to try or, or doesn't want to do it or, or anything else but I or had maybe her. got
1: screamed at a couple of times, yeah. so now we're not willing to, right? So, yeah.
0: but her being her was like, well, let me help, let me, let me back it in. I said, okay, well, I'll get, I'll get it straight for you, and and then then we. And that's how it started. She she says, I'm having trouble, you know, with doing this, and I says, well, you just got to practice. She says, well, yeah, but you know, you don't see many women do it. I says, well. None of us guys were born knowing how to back in a trailer. None of us. We all learned Trial We all learned and, <laughs> and worse, we're we learning in a harsh world which is with the other with your other buddies they're laughing at you yeah. right? <laughs> You've been there yeah. <laughs> It's a major embarrassment if you can't back back trailer in there while <laughs> looking over your shoulder and, but yeah you, you just you have to have that attitude that you can do anything. You can, absolutely there's no limits when it comes to trapping there's there's, there's no gender limits no whatsoever. we know
1: lots of women who are just absolutely hardcore and a lot of them do it on their own they, they don't have their partner isn't necessarily as interested as they are or maybe their partner works away and uh, there there's a few women that I'm I'm aware of who you know husband works away and they're out with the kids setting snares and
0: traps and, you know. I think it's fascinating is it helps you uh, understand your place in the world. You know, when you get out there and and you start watching the animals and and learning what the animal's going to do and and being able to predict what the animal's going to do, you know, you're learning its place and you're learning your place. Uh, Trapping has, it's probably the closest, I've said this a lot, it's probably the closest you ever come to having a conversation with an animal. Because... Whether you're hunting or fishing, you have that advantage of distance. You can cast that lure, you can shoot the arrow, you can shoot the, the rifle, whatever. There's You have that advantage of distance. But when I go out there, and like today, you, you, you set a lynx pen with me, and and I showed you that and, and showed you how to put the uh, the guide sticks in there and explained that where he puts his front paw, his chin is right above it. So now we're positioning his head. We're, we're convincing him where to put his head so that, that, that everything works same thing when you do um, if you're doing footholding yes footholding is still legal uh, they they're certified traps that, that you use that, that don't damage the, the animals that they've ch- it's changed a lot over the, over the years but when you're footholding now you're convincing that animal to put his foot in that of all the 92,000 acres we have out here mm-hmm. I'm convincing him to put his foot right there you know so it, it it's uh, you probably learn more about nature uh, than any other outdoor program you can do i mean hunting and fishing is wonderful but uh, it's you've kind of got this hierarchy you know you have outdoors people so people who hike and and ride bikes and, and hunters and fishermen and all that and then you go up to the next level and you go to fishermen you know and and uh, you have this many then when you go up to hunters and it's like this by the time you get up to trappers you're it's just it's, it's the smallest group but guaranteed trappers do all the rest of it yeah. but yeah. Uh, a trapper will be a fisherman but not always will a fisherman be a trapper you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just the way it goes. But you, there's an advantage to it. It's a lot of hard work, and you're, but you're out here at the time of the year when the animals are they're themselves the most. You know, they're, there's nothing. They're,
1: there's no other hunting season or anything no. going on at this time of
0: year. And they, they are, they're very much. They're, they're doing everything that that their instinct tells them to survive. And so you're having that that ability to. Uh, uh, to watch them and learn from them, that it, it's fascinating. It makes you so much better of, a, of an outdoors person, you know, uh, being being an accomplished trapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say so. Anything you folks would like to add?
3: Uh, I've got nothing to add. Just wanted to say thank you for bringing us out here and touring us around the trap line and teaching us lots of information. And thank you for the food. We've had <laughs> many a great meals and just wanted to thank, thank you again for that. Well, it's been a
1: pleasure to have you here and we're, we're so glad that you got lots out of it and, uh, and that you were genuinely interested in, in being here. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, uh, I need to be waited on and I,
0: yeah. That's part of what you fear is it, that well, somebody buys something like that. See, we've always just. Well, in, in this situation, we're still giving it away, but you were you you actually you paid money to to Wild Sheep to,
1: well, to for the Well, it's important to us that you yeah that you valued the experience too. Yeah. because we wanted very much an, for it to be. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, it's in the end, it's the same for us. But now, now we're we're upholding a contract with with what we donated to Wild Sheep, so it's very important that that you guys had a good time and you enjoyed it. Like, and, and I could even,
1: even though it was cold. Yeah, it, like this was. It,
0: Nothing you can do about that. You can't. You no. can't control the weather, and you can't control the animals. You can do your world's best to to or have everything, but, have uh, yeah. everything set up as much as you can. And you, I want to say though, what was was really neat was you two wanted to learn how to set stuff. And most times, that's not, not the situation. People are <laughs> people are like Christmas day, and and every each one's a present. And the once they figure out where, where a set is or whatever, they'll just about run over me to go see <laughs> see what's there first, right? <laughs> People do. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're very excited, but they're not really as interested in the mechanics, the understanding of it. That, that, that's, that's cool. That's a lot
2: of work, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we checked uh, 69 um, cat pens. We checked, I think, 90, 90 or 92. Uh, Martin and and Fisher uh, and, Fisher and Mink. Never got a Mink. No.
1: Never,
0: never got, got a, an Otter. No, and, and yeah, and the, another half dozen Otter. Mind you, the problem with the Otter is that, that the wind... And the snowing and the blowing most of them are blown in yeah so just the way it goes but we did uh it just goes to show though how prepared you have to be for you know yeah well, to that's... have some sort of success anyway oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. so what was the tally then
0: uh we ended up with four martin, four martin. uh a lynx lynx, a fisher yeah weasel, weasel. squirrel and a squirrel yeah. yeah that was it
1: a red squirrel rabbits find a that's
0: right it's so embarrassing because I walk into my first my first pen right and I look around and it's one of the it's a it's a meat pen right where meat hanging and there's there's snares around and I look over and, and one snares out of the way and it's like and it goes over and of course everything snowed on everything yep. there's much snow on it's there's this hump over there in the in the snow and, and there's the snare there's a eh, going so I start filming it all and it's a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. rabbit must have been under duress or whatever because usually rabbits go underneath that yeah. right I showed them in another, another place there where I had a uh, set on a, a rabbit trail yeah and the rabbits have got a trail underneath the snares and everything and mm-hmm. but the lynx is up taller right
1: yeah yeah well you can never you can never guarantee what will or won't be in yeah. a snare or or a a trap. Nope. I
2: think the unknown for me was the greatest just I didn't know where we were going what we were going to see like that surprise feeling because you don't have that many surprises in life right you have rituals and not anymore habits, So no. yeah. it was great I felt like a kid on Christmas morning honestly and a lot of surprises are
1: not good surprises that come
2: at
0: you <laughs> these days <laughs> <laughs> well should we wrap this up and get I on the road
1: we, I think we should it's still, yeah.
0: it's still in the minus 30s out there so
1: yep yahoo
0: time to get all dressed up get up back out to the vehicle and absolutely head out and you folks are headed south for christmas huh
1: back to rocky mountain house nice yeah, yeah. well it's sure been nice having you here we it's been, been really such enjoyed. a pleasure yeah
0: we have really enjoyed especially uh, most folks are our age yeah and and with you being young and that it, ma- it makes us feel good i mean they're actually younger than our kids so mm, yeah so really young well i'm older <laughs> than dirt but yeah. <laughs>
2: You guys move a
0: lot faster than we did. Weekend, so don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, when I was young, dirt was still big rocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for being with us. We'll get this up uh, in the various places here in the next couple of days. And uh, thank you once again to our our new friends and our guests.
1: It has been a real pleasure. Thank you guys for being who you are and, and really embracing the experience. It's been great.